Hey y'all, you are tuned in to Mouth of the South podcast. Welcome to the ramblings of a progressively optimistic truth teller. I am that truth teller, your host Shayla. Welcome back. I made it to another week, as did y'all. Blessings on blessings, amen, and praise black Jesus. So let's get into some political shit. So what I need to know is which member of the Congressional Black Caucus tapped their intern on the shoulder, you know, in the midst of their intern doing very important work and told them to hop on Al Gore's Internet and order all those kente cloth for the Democrats in the House? Who did it? I need to know. I need to know who did it. (laughs) Although it did bring me a good chuckle. Like, I love to see, you know, white people try their best. (laughs) We'll say that. Try their best to not come off as pandering, but then it just goes completely the opposite way. This is the same thing that happened to Miss Hillary Clinton when she took her ass on The Breakfast Club and was like, you know, uh, they were like, what you keep in your purse all the time? And she said, hot sauce. Hillary, sweet sis. We knew then that you don't put hot sauce on any of your food. And we know now that Nancy Pelosi has never in her life worn a kente cloth. Never in her life has a kente cloth donned her shoulders. But today, for this bill, it will. (laughs) No, well, really, because we're going to get into the bill. Because the bill they did bring onto the floor was very important. And we're going to get to the bill. But I just feel like this is the problem with the Jedi slash Democrats is y'all y'all have to do all of this all of this um pomp and circumstance we'll say all of this you know putting on for the ground you know we're gonna kneel for eight minutes and 46 seconds you know to stand in solidarity you know with the people that will that are most affected by this bill that we're bringing on the floor we're gonna kneel in solidarity with them Meanwhile, most of the members of the House are over 60 years old. I mean, Nancy Pelosi herself, you know, bless her heart. I love the sweet Nancy sis. I love her. But uh, those knees are 80 years old, honey. You can't just be kneeling on 80 year old knees for eight minutes and 46 seconds. They had to come and peel my sis off the floor. (laughs) So well-meaning pandering aside, the House Democrats did bring an awesome bill onto the floor. The Justice and Policing Act. I have a little bit of info on the bill here. Um, I'm going to be reading directly from NPR. So the Justice and Policing Act would ban chokeholds, no-knock warrants in drug, drug cases. It would also require federal reporting on use of force. Um, it would initiate a grant program for uh, state attorney generals to investigate misconduct or use of force independently of uh, local task force, the local police force, stuff like that. They can, they can, you know, something they should have been able to do because clearly the police have their own brotherhood and they're just like, we don't want you to investigate us for shit. So it, it gives, it would give them um, a grant so they can do their own um, independent investigations. Um, A training program will be created under the bill that will cover racial bias and duty to intervene. And the measure will require that police officers use deadly force only as a last resort and use de-escalation techniques. The measure will also create a federal registry for misconduct complaints and disciplinary actions against police officers. 
Under the bill, federal uniformed police officers will be required to wear body cameras and marked federal police vehicles will be required to have dashboard cameras. The legislation would also limit the transfer of military-grade equipment to state and local police departments. Um, the bill was crafted by the CBC, the Con Congressional Black Caucus, um, and you know what? Kamala Harris is in here, and I feel like she did it. Kamala Harris was the one that tapped her, tapped her intern on the shoulder and put, put everybody in that damn kente claw. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the bill um, in a nutshell. Uh, seems kind of like common sense, doesn't it? Seems like some stuff that the police officers should already have, the police force should already have in place. But child, ever since they came out with this bill, the police have just been, who oh, they have been on one. The, the bill along with this campaign to defund the police. Now y'all know how I am. I'm like abolish the police force altogether because child y'all y'all came from racist beginnings like so many other institutions in this in this um lovely country that we call home this lovely country of America built on so many racist institutions that you know you you, you don't really have time to go through and sift out the good ones from the bad ones like my thing is just abolish the police altogether and start the fuck over like get people out of the community that are willing to police their own communities you have to you know do some do some type of training with them because let's be real absolute power corrupts absolutely so if you give anybody a little bit of power child they're gonna be ready to 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 do the motherfucking most but <laughs> but I do feel like uh defund the police is a good movement I'm definitely behind that I'm, I'm willing to um rest on that common middle ground you know I, I won't go super militant with it and and stick with abolishment but defunding is definitely important and what defund the police means is that all of the money that goes to all the extra money that is in a state's budget that goes towards police officers, we're going to take that money and we're going to divert it elsewhere. It's not going to say that it's not. It doesn't mean that police officers won't get paid. It doesn't mean that police officers will lose their benefits. It doesn't mean, you know, that they expect police officers to work for free because child, nobody in America is expected to work for free. But, um, you know, expect to work for pennies on the dollar, but not for free. You know, we're going to give you a little something. We're going to give you seven twenty five, which is indeed still the federal minimum wage. It's still seven twenty five. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, but so much of a state's budget goes towards police officers for them to get extra equipment, cars, you know, all the shit they have, all the riot gear and shit they have that they pull out when the when the peaceful protesters, you know, come out to, you know, stake their first amendment rights and the right they have to peacefully assemble they as soon as we come out to peacefully assemble that's when the police pull out all their gadgets and gadgets that they bought with millions upon millions of taxpayer money so defund the police would just take that money that taxpayer money and put it back into the community in a different route um i'm here for it the police are shook <laughs> The police and police apologists are shook, y'all. And this is where we need them to be. We need them to be shook because there won't be true change unless people really get nervous. And the ones that will get nervous are the ones that know they are in it for the wrong thing. That's how I feel about it. If you're in, if you're mad that you have to, if you're a police officer and you're mad that you have to do extra training, you're mad that you won't get, you know, all these bonuses and stipends every year unless you actually do the fucking job you're supposed to be doing. If you're mad that people are criticizing you at this moment, um, then you're part of the problem. I've read articles about um, 
SWAT officers quitting because they feel like all of this federal policing of police is going to restrict them in doing their jobs. Um, just heard uh, a story about the NYPD and we all know the police, the NYPD and the police in the South are the policiest police of them all. Like, let's be real. That that's where you will find the most extremists in, in the police department is here in the South and up in, in the NYPD. So I had, um, watched a video of the president of the NYPD police union and y'all he was he was upset he said that the media is vilifying police right now and that they are treating them like animals and thugs and my only question is well police officers how do y'all treat thugs can you riddle me that Mr. Mr. Union boss man <laughs> can you riddle me how y'all treat thugs because now that the shoe is on the other foot the way that y'all are getting treated in the media really ain't that bad. Like, they're just showcasing what the fuck is going on. Like, y'all are being treated poorly because y'all act fucking poorly. Let's be real. Y'all are being treated poorly, quote unquote, and I'm doing air quotes heavy right now. Y'all are being treated poorly because in the response of, of peaceful, pre pro blah, 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 child, I'm going too hard. In response to peaceful protesters... Y'all pull out y'all ride gear and y'all tear gas and y'all rubber bullets and it's showcased for the world to see. Everybody has a camera phone. Everybody, all um, news outlets are going to send people out in, into the midst, into the fire because, shoot, they need a news story. Let's be real. Coronavirus is just coming back around in the news because, you know, we're, we're, the second wave is coming. Protect yourself, protect your neck because the second wave of coronavirus is still coming. But they, what you think? It's a story. It's definitely a story. So if you're if you feel vilified in the media, it's because y'all are the villains. Not really much we can do about that, Mr. Police Union boss. Um, my thing is y'all all telling on y'all selves. Y'all looking real funny in the light. <laughs> and let me take a sip of water on that one. Y'all looking real funny in the light because when it comes time to work with the people you're here to protect and serve, you come out against us like we're at war. So, hell, our taxpayers' dollars at work, I need to see some more bills like this Justice and Policing Act. I need the police to be defunded. I'm with it. Um, another one of my favorite pastimes as of late has been watching public forums that they do on Zoom with um, with the police, with the police uh, commissioner, president, you know, the mayor of a city. Uh, most recently, the ones I've seen were from the LAPD where they were tearing their police chief. I think his name is Michael Moore. Child, they was tearing Michael Moore ass up. If you ever get a chance to get, if you ever just need a good pick-me-up of white people cussing out other white people, <laughs> get on YouTube, find those LAPD uh, public forum meetings, and just listen to the way that they fired that man up. Because it's ridiculous. Like, do y'all really think the American people are going to be okay with this? The way you are treating tax-paying American citizens? Because that's the one thing the conservative right loves to bring up is taxes. But, bitch, if you're over the age of 18 and you got a job, we all pay taxes, okay? Except for Amazon. Amazon don't pay no motherfucking tax, okay? Black Lives Matter or not, we still waiting on our money from Amazon. <laughs> so, if we all pay taxes, we want to be treated well by the people that are getting our damn tax-paying dollars, period. Our politicians, our firemen, our police officers, anybody that's getting this uh, taxpayer money needs to treat the taxpayers with respect. So, po-po, y'all better get it together. They coming for y'all. Um, 
speaking of laws in, in Louisville, Kentucky, we have some good news. Brianna's law passed unanimous, unanimously in their um, Metro Council meeting. So shout out to Louisville. Y'all did the right thing. Um, reading this from a local Louisville newspaper site. It is saying that an amendment making Brianna's law a total ban of no-knock warrants, which allow police to enter a home without announcing their present presence, was introduced and unanimously approved during Thursday's council meeting. A draft of the legislation initially, initially limited police use of no-knock warrants to extreme circumstances involving a threat of harm or death to officers or civilians under the new legislation. Officers executing any search warrant must physically knock on any entry door at the premises and clearly and verbally announce as law enforcement having a search warrant in a manner that can be heard by the occupants. Um, It also states that officers must wait a minimum of 15 seconds or a reasonable amount of time for occupants to answer the door. Uh, Brianna's law also requires that body cameras be worn and activated by all officers present For at least five minutes before and after a warrant is issued, the body camera footage must also be retained for at least five years. So a good step in the right direction. Um, The officers that shot Breonna Taylor are still on the force. So I need them um, fired. I need them arrested. Um, I don't know their names, don't care to know their names, but I do know that they are still on the force. They have just been reassigned. So do like... um, do like Miss Keisha Lance Bottoms down in Atlanta and get to firing uh, Mayor Greg. Uh, we appreciate this uh, this law, but I need those guy those uh, criminals fired. They should no longer receive Louisville taxpayer money. Period. End of story. Point blank. Uh, let's see if I have anything else for my political section. I was gonna save this part for my black shit, but since we're already talking about Atlanta. And Mayor Keisha, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and transition into some black shit. Now, I told y'all last week that Atlanta is not no damn Wakanda. And APB is still showing how much they lack, how far they have to go to ever, ever be considered on a platform as the Dora Milaje. Okay? Because, <laughs> child... They still struggling. Ever since T.I. made that statement, it's just been struggle, struggle, struggle in Atlanta. So um, R.I.P. to Mr. Rayshard Brooks, who was killed by police officers in Atlanta on Friday night. Um, He had a struggle with police. They tased him. Uh, The the struggle continued to ensue and it ended with Rayshard being shot in the back. And he died um, after being taken to the hospital. I think he died after surgery. So RIP to that young man. Um, The officers who were involved in the shooting, one has been terminated, one has been placed on administrative duty. He needs to be terminated as well. And um, Miss Erica Shields, which was anybody else uh, shocked that Erica with a K was not black? Because Miss Erica Shields is a strong white lady, but uh, I really thought she was black. And when I went to read the story and I saw her picture, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But Ms. Erica Shields has resigned. Uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms said in a press conference, I'm reading this from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms said in a press conference that she had accepted the resignation and that Ms. Shields will remain with the city in a new role to be determined later. 
Um, I see, this is what I'm talking about. It's not when I say police and when we say defund the police, um, white officers don't think we just mean y'all. We mean all, we mean the black ones, the Hispanic ones, all of them who feel like they can't do their job without murdering someone. We mean all of y'all who feel like just because you enforce the law that you're above the law. All y'all can really go. Um, of course, protests haven't stopped since the death of George Floyd, but protests erupted even more after this, after this, um, after this killing. And they burned that Wendy's down to the ground, y'all. That Wendy's is gone. Fuck that Wendy's. Fuck that Wendy's. Fuck the APD. Like I said, I don't give a fuck about them burning down nothing because at the end of the day, nobody in that community owned that Wendy's. And they were the people that called the police on that man for sleeping in the car. So now y'all ain't got no Wendy's. See, you should have just mind, minded your business. Should have just minded your business. So I can't say it enough. Black Lives Matter. RIP to that young man. Um, Georgia has just been in a world of fuckery. Like, they just recently had their primaries and their voting machines didn't work. People were waiting in line for hours. Um, I talked to some people that live in Atlanta or that live in the Georgia area. They were talking about how they had to wait for hours to vote. A lot of polling places came out and told people, hey, if you... Um, you know, the line, the, the wait is long. So if you want to leave, you can leave. And people were like, uh, but can I vote? You know, I would like to still be able to, you know, practice my right as a citizen to vote instead of just y'all turning me around because the line is long. Like this is voter disenfranchisement at its, at its finest. Like they have just made it to the point that it just, they just want to annoy you into not voting. Like we can't stop. We can't take away your rights to vote. We can't, you know, steal, you know, steal the election through the voting machines anymore because last year, um, that a federal law was passed that made Georgia have to change out their voting machines because of some fraud type shit. We can't, we can't steal the votes that way anymore. So let's just let's just annoy you to the point that you just don't even want to come to the polls. It was very bad in black neighborhoods and um, black communities. A lot of polling places have been closed down due to coronavirus. And a lot of those a lot of those polling places have been in black neighborhoods. So they have had to go outside of their um, original polling place to vote. And they're met with these long lines and these disgruntled uh, volunteers. So it's really just it's, it's voter suppression at its finest. And y'all ain't fooling nobody. We see y'all. We see what y'all trying to do. We see that y'all don't want to um, don't want to approve mail-in voting because quote unquote fraud. I'm doing air quotes heavy, but really, you just don't want people to vote. Let's be real. Y'all don't want people to vote because y'all know these figureheads of power that y'all have in place are gonna get voted out, and and true people that may that can help the American citizens will be voted in. So. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. I'm for mail-in voting. I would hope that we could get mail-in voting eventually. Um, but shout out to the people in Georgia that did still make their way out to vote in the midst of all of this. You still made your way out to exercise your right as an American citizen. And for that, I commend you. I also commend both Oprah Winfrey and Dave Chappelle for being their black ass selves and speaking out against um speaking out against police brutality in their own ways uh Chappelle dropped a 28 30 almost 30 minute special um on YouTube um titled 846 
I definitely suggest watching that. It was really, really good. I loved his perspective. As always, I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. And Oprah on her own network and also on TLC um, is doing a multi-part series called Where Do We Go From Here? She's got a panel of black leaders. Ava DuVernay is on the panel. I love Ava DuVernay. So if you get a chance, check that out as well. Oprah said, y'all y'all been wondering where I'm at? Y'all got uh, Snoop Dogg out here asking where I'm at? Child, I'm at the house. Y'all know I fight for black causes, period. Been fighting for them since I was big in my suits back in the early 90s, okay? Been fighting for before I was out here um, on Weight Watchers talking about I love bread. I was loving calling out these races on my show, child. She been doing that. She was like, don't, don't ask about me. Just know I've been doing it. So <laughs> I definitely suggest checking both of those, um, both of those specials out. They are both really, really good. So we have come to the end of our black shit. Um, as earlier stated, I can't state it enough. Atlanta is not Wakanda. So let's move on into some sports shit. Y'all, NASCAR done banned the Confederate flag. About damn time, ain't it? I don't know. I don't watch NASCAR. I am from Alabama. I have driven to and through Talladega. So I've seen that huge-ass track they got out there with all them flags and all that shit. But to say I've ever watched a full NASCAR race would be a bold-faced lie. But they have fallen in line with the rest of these corporations that know the black dollar is the most important dollar. And regardless of if black people watch your um, watch your sport or not, those sponsors are supported by black people, okay? All them cars with all that um, Tide and and Don and Downey and and all whatever they be having on the cars, child, or whatever they be putting on the cars. But you know that cars be decked out, okay? It's, it's the car is just one advertisement within itself, so. The NASCAR had to come out. They had to come out and, you know, ban the Confederate flag. And, of course, uh, white people were pissed because they love that treasonous-ass flag. I'm not sure why. Um, in 2020, you would still be so um, so prone to throwing your support behind that treasonous-ass flag. But at the same time, you want to say, God bless America. But I'm confused because you can't have the Confederate flag and the American flag. I mean, one is treasonous and the other is you know, the actual flag of your country, but the white people were pissed child. And one of their racers, uh, don't remember his name. He, 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 he had a whole statement about how this is part of white people's history. This is part of American history. And we cannot just ban one thing to make the other people feel better. And he quit. And NASCAR was still like, it's still banned, homie. Like, we just can't let y'all come here with that flag because we're not trying to lose out on these sponsors. Y'all people in this community, these people buying these tickets, that that's not the money we need. We need this sponsorship money, okay? So that little flag, that little flag y'all got, just let it go. Leave it at the house. Leave it on the back of your pickup truck, but you can't bring it in the, in the NASCAR race no more. <laughs> Leave that shit on your truck, child. Leave it on your truck. Now, the sports tea I was really waiting to get into, because that NASCAR, that was a little bit of tea, but this tea about this basketball bubble is piping hot. <laughs> Shout out to lovely tea. So, I am reading this um, from Sports Illustrated. I'm reading this article from Sports Illustrated, and it is titled, Report, Kyrie Irving Calls for Players to Skip NBA's Orlando Return. 
On Friday, Nets guard Kyrie Irving reportedly led a conference call with over 80 fellow NBA players, including Chris Paul, KD, Donovan Mitchell, Carmelo, and Dwight Howard. On the call, Irving, who was expected to miss the rest of the season after undergoing shoulder surgery in February, expressed his opposition to the league's plan to resume the 2019-20 season in Orlando. I don't, this is a quote directly from Kyrie Irving, I don't support going into Orlando, Irving said reportedly. I'm not with the systemic racism and the bullshit. Something smells a little fishy. Uh, The reporter also stated that Irving also said he's willing to give up everything, quote unquote, for social reform. Now, the white journalists ain't going to say nothing to you, Kyrie, because, you know, they can't. The the times they have to, you know, take everything you say as face value and, you know, really consider this um, you taking a stand. But, child, everybody know you are not taking no goddamn stand. You wasn't going to play no way. Kyrie, shut up. You know, we let you get away with the flat earth shit. We let you get away with all your little fanboys going ham on Kalani when y'all broke up. And now you're trying to take away our bubble. Kyrie, <laughs> I'm pissy because I have, y'all know, y'all know how excited I am about the NBA coming back. July 31st is supposed to be the day. They have their bubble. You know, they're all going to be down in Orlando. It's 22 teams. I know a lot of players are concerned, and the NBA definitely made it clear that if you don't want to play, you don't have to play. And even if you don't play, you still get a reduced salary. It's not like you don't play and you don't get paid at all. So my thing is, Kyrie, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I call bullshit on this because my thing is, if you really, if you, really you know, was not with the systemic racism and the bullshit – on your call of, um, I think, 80-plus players, you would have had LeBron James. LeBron James' name is not mentioned. We all know LeBron is the spokesperson of the league, pretty much. He is the leader, uh, the player leader of the league. You did not have LeBron on the call. But somehow, some way, you care so much about systemic racism and the bullshit that you wanted to inform everybody but LeBron that they shouldn't go. Kyrie. Sit your ass in rehab and rehab that shoulder. Ain't nobody finna play with you. And I'm not, I'm not for, I'm not for the bullshit. That's who's not for the bullshit. Me. Okay. <laughs> and I'd call bullshit on everything that you done said. All your slacktivism, quote unquote, I call bullshit. You say you're willing to give up everything and please, you know, I respect you if you do. That's why everybody respects Cap because that man literally gave up everything. They took everything from him. So, I mean, let's be real. The NBA is a lot different from the NFL when it comes to um, players protesting, players making a stand. I have seen the NBA players make multiple stands. Um, I think it was the case of Freddie Gray when he was also um, strangled by police in a chokehold and they wore the I Can't Breathe shirts. There's a way to make a stand without having to sit out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and maybe I'm coming from a place of want because I just want to see the NBA so bad and, and that could be blinders of my own, but I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> how Kyrie is going to tell everybody else to sit when child you're sitting regardless. 
Like, Kyrie, it's not the same. Like, I could understand if you hadn't had surgery and you were actually going to be playing and you said, hey, you know, I'm going to sit out as a peaceful protest of my own. I'm not going to play right now. There's too much going on in the world. You know, I'm just going to sit out and that's going to be my peaceful protest. And for that, brother, I will rock with you. I will throw the black power fist up to you constantly. Kudos to you if you did that. But child, you'd have shoulder surgery. You weren't going to play regardless. That's what smells fishy. That's the bullshit. Because I want to know if your shoulder was working, would you have been playing? I want to know if your team actually had a shot. No shade to the Nets, but shade to the Nets. If they had a shot, would you be playing? Kyrie, sometimes it's best to just sit down and eat your damn food. You you, you starting to look funny in the light. You starting to look funny in the light, y'all. Ooh, child. Well, that is it for the sports shit. Let's get into Bless Your Heart. Dear healthcare professionals, the time has come for me to put us on my heart blessings list. Let me give y'all a little, ble- a little backstory as to why this blessing touches my spirit in a different way. I graduated with my Bachelor's of Science in Nursing back in 2012 full of hope for making lasting change in people's lives and a true passion for patient care and understanding. Y'all turned me into gray-haired Obama real quick. Shortly after graduating, I got a position at a fairly large teaching hospital. Now, to protect the innocent, I won't say the name of the hospital or the unit, but Alabamians, y'all know the vibes. After company orientation, it was finally time for me to precept on my unit. To precept is to shadow another nurse for a couple weeks, get you acclimated to true registered nurse work and out of the quote unquote perfect hospital that exists for NCLEX, which is the RN licensure exam. I was 22. My preceptor was a young white RN about one year in the game. Red flag number one is there were plenty of other more seasoned nurses on the floor who could have been given this education opportunity and the extra bit of money slash recognition that comes along with the title. My first day of precepting before I even made it to lunch, I was called into the nurse manager's office. My young white preceptor and the much older white nurse manager, who I later learned was related to my preceptor somewhere down the line, red flag number two, began to reprimand me for not taking notes for not paying attention, for asking too many questions of the preceptor. I was being scolded for asking too much of the person put in place to help me learn. I wish I was making this story up, y'all. Facade ruined on the first day, and had it not been for the well-seasoned black nurse preceptor on night shift that took me under her wing and encouraged my growth, I wouldn't have lasted very long in bedside nursing. I feel that was purposeful. They don't teach you how to nurse while black in nursing school. There's not a class on the dangers of medical bias for not only patients, but for black healthcare professionals as well. So to all the white healthcare professionals who choose to kneel in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement for photo ops and, sh- and social media likes, put your slacktivism where your mouth is. Be an advocate for the black healthcare professionals you work with every day. Be a true advocate to the black patients in your care. Encourage growth in those that are true to the profession and are really in it to provide care and support to our patient populations, not the ones who spend their entire shifts kissing management's ass. Fight for protocols that can begin to eradicate medical bias, protocols that are evidence-based and equally implemented no matter a patient's skin color. Kneel on the cultural 
kneel on the culture of MDs bashing and talking crazy to nursing staff. Cut that shit out expeditiously and stop teaching new nurses that black people have tougher skin. That shit ain't true. The American healthcare system is broken. If you have the audacity to proudly pro- proclaim that you are part of the system, have that same audacity in helping to repair it. And if you hear this critique and get triggered, you are part of the problem. And child, I'm going to hand it to God to truly bless your heart. Well, truthies, we have come to the end of another episode. Y'all know the vibes. Subscribe. Share it with your friends. Share it with your homies. If you have a black nurse in your life, let her hear that bless your heart part today. I'm sure she's going to she's gonna have her own story of how, how she's experienced medical bias in the workplace. Um, I love you all. Black Lives Matter. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, Mouth of the South Pod. Uh, email address is in, in the description box. Email in any hearts that you want to bless. You can you can send that in to me at the email, um, and I will read it aloud on the show. Um, once again, I love y'all. I love my black people. And as we say down here in the South, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs>